fill me. God, even as they're praying, even as they're asking, what does it mean for you to fill me, for me to, for, for God to fill me? Lord, I pray that a sweet, gentle answer comes into their heart, God, and that they, that you just tell them, just be open. Just be open to me coming and living inside of you. Just be open to being filled. You don't have to have the answers. Lord, I pray for a special visitation for every single person in this place. You know what each person needs. You know, God, the word that they so need to hear. And I know that because you are faithful, because you are good, because you are God, you are going to answer them. You are going to give them that word and you are going to fill them up in Jesus name. Well, good morning again, everybody. I just want to take a second and just say one, I hope, I hope that you were able to reach chapter 7 and 8 of Mark this past week. If not, it's okay. But we're going on to 9 today. All right? But here's the thing, like, what if we begin to show up, wake up every morning with expectation that God's going to move? What if we took serious the prayer that he taught us to pray? Like, in Matthew, in Matthew, it's recorded... Uh, our friend Matthew recorded Jesus, one of Jesus' teachings on how, on teaching his disciples, and really us, on how to pray. And he starts his prayer out by saying this, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, in the Greek, you can, you, if you, re, if you trans, translate it straight from the Greek, what, it, what that actually says is manifest your kingdom realm. Or come and begin your kingdom reign and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. So make sure we get that because we probably, if you grew up in church, you probably heard that prayer your whole life, right? But the truth is this morning is that God's kingdom can be a reality here this morning. It can be a reality for you here on earth tomorrow morning. You can experience the kingdom of God in its fullness today. See, our, our friend Luke, our friend Luke also records Jesus saying some words to his disciples. He says this in Luke 17, 20. He says, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? And Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already, when? Already expanding with some, within some of you. And then, then you have our, uh, have our friend Mark, who we read a couple of weeks ago in Mark 1.15, where he, he says, his message was this, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Some translations say the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's happening right now. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. All of this is saying, all this means is that the kingdom of God is now active. It's not some future destination that we get to go to when we die or when he returns, but it's something that we should pray here on earth currently within our own lives your kingdom come, your will be done on earth or in me as it is currently in heaven. You can experience the kingdom of God in its fullness. 
It's not some future destination to get to, but the kingdom of God can be experienced in its fullness in the present. Today. Today. The kingdom of God can be experienced in its fullness in the present along with the power and the gifts that come along with it. See, chapter, chapter 9 in Mark, what we're going to get to today. Chapter 9 in Mark, what we're going to get to today, it, it starts off in verse 1 with a promise. It's, it's Jesus having a discussion with his disciples and some other people that were following him. And I want you to listen to this promise. Found in Mark 9, 1. It says, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, because, you know, Jesus wouldn't lie to us. There are, some, there are some standing here now who won't experience death until they see God's kingdom realm manifest with power. Manifest with power. See, when I was growing up as a kid in Sunday school and somebody would read a verse like that, I'm thinking, are there people in the Bible still alive today? Like, what? Like, shouldn't that be an obvious sign? This is real, but I totally, I, I, as a kid, I misunderstood that, what that was actually saying. And there's actually three things that theologians say that Jesus is promising there. Number one, this is number one thing. Number one is a few of them are about to see the transfiguration happen with Jesus, uh, Moses, and Elijah, which they are about to see those things, right? It kind of makes sense that that's about, about what to happen, but I don't believe that's totally true. And then number two thing that some of them will say is that they're going to see Jesus talking about his death, burial, and resurrection and how they're going to see that. But there's one thing that they... That, any theologian cannot deny that Jesus is speaking of here. Because if you, when you read that, if you read it in the Greek, what it's, it's, it's this future, like it's future indicative, like it's for generations to come, this promise that you're going to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God in your lifetime before you die. It's not just, was just for the 12, but the way it's written, it was like, it was written for future generations with the language of the Greek at that, that time. And, and, but the one thing that theologians can't deny is, is this, is that the kingdom of God is manifested with power that comes from the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is manifested with power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, Derek, I don't, Derek, I don't know about all that craziness. Well, I'm with you because I grew up a Baptist boy. You with me? I was, in any church that I've been a part of, anything, it's like if, if it's strange or weird or if, it's, if it doesn't seem to be natural, then it's wrong. And I'm like, and now I'm looking back going, like, are you kidding me? What is natural about the God that we serve? If anything, he is a supernatural God. Like we, I mean, let me talk, tell you how unnatural this is. We believe a God came from heaven to earth, was born of a virgin. What's natural about that? You with me? I don't know if you know how babies are made. <laughs> but there's kids in the room, and I'm not going to do that. Okay, so we believe God, part of the Godhead, Jesus, the Son, came from birth through a virgin, lived 30-some years, performed miracles, like crazy miracles, like raising the dead. Like, when was the last time you seen a dead man raised from the dead? Like, raise up. Like, if I was at a funeral right now, and I said, all Betty has to do is sit up, and she'll be fine and start breathing again, you'd think I'd been sipping the communion wine a little too much. Really? you think I was crazy. What is natural about that? Okay, and if that doesn't beat it all, if that doesn't beat it all, he was beaten and he was tortured for your sin and my sin. You with me? He died was put in the ground for three days, and he rose from the dead. Like, what is natural about that? That is supernatural. That, 
That is weird, y'all. Well, Derek, we don't know if the resurrection actually happened. What if, you know, there's theories, people stole his body, there's people, whatever. There's some people say he really wasn't dead, that he was just, he was in so much pain that he blacked out. Well, I don't know about you, about this, and this is another crazy story, that how supernatural of a God we serve. Um, a couple of days after his resurrection, there's two guys on the way to Emmaus. You remember that story? And Jesus not know, like then Jesus appeared to them, started walking along with them. I, first of all, I don't know about, about y'all. But I don't know if you've ever broken a toe and tried, not, tried to walk like you did, your hips weren't exploding inside of your pelvis. You with me? Like I have, this, I have this little spot on the end of my big toe right now that is killing me. Like I'm trying to walk normal. Okay, and I probably look, but I'm putting in a lot of work. Like, like he walked seven miles to Emmaus with these guys. Seven miles. Seven miles. And then he just starts catting with them. Like, they're like, have you not heard? Have you not heard what's, what's been going on in Jerusalem? And Jesus just, it was just like, what, what things? He's catting with them. Like, we, we serve a supernatural God. She's okay. She can crawl around. It ain't a big deal. It's cool. It's cool. Don't wonder, just don't get hurt. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. Like, we serve a super, like, there's nothing natural about what we believe. So if if back then supernatural happened, why can't supernatural things happen today? And I'm not talking, I mean, there's some, I'll be honest, there's some things out there that are freaky and just needs to be shut down. You with me? But we, we have supernatural power living within us. The kingdom of God is manifested with power that comes from the Holy Spirit. For example, Jesus was talking to his disciples after his resurrection. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. Some of us are walking around like, like cowards when we're supposed to be walking with power of the Holy Spirit within us. And you'll be, you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea and the distant provinces. You'll be my messengers. You'll be a witness to Jerusalem throughout, throughout Judea and the distant provinces, even the remotest places on earth. Then in Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, On the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of, out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Man, I want to experience that. When I have no other option because of the weight of the glory of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit just to fall flat on my face because I can't stand. Suddenly they heard the sound. It's all right. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could, could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were, they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. And they, and, they, and they began to speak these languages, and everyone in the city, because it was Passover week, and there's crowds and crowds of people in Jerusalem for this, for this festival, the greatest festival in Jewish customs, where everybody goes to Jerusalem. And, and, they, and everyone there was in the city were so perplexed because of, of, the, of the language they were hearing these people think. Like some of them even made a claim that they were drunk. And you know, Peter was just like, hey, it's only like 9 o'clock in the morning. Ain't nobody been drinking yet. You with me? Come back in a couple hours, maybe, but not yet. 
He, but Peter, while the city, while the people in the city were perplexed, Peter stands up and he quotes the prophet Joel about the power of this Holy Spirit that would come. In, the, in, in, in Acts 2.16, this is what he says. He says, this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters, I didn't say it, to prophesy. And you young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants. Men and men and women alike. I didn't say it, it did. And they will prophesy. And I will reveal. I, I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky, but the mighty and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. This is the power that is promised to us for future generations. We were promised that we'd be seized with power. But what does this power? Tell us. Well, Paul explains some of the power that comes along with the Holy Spirit. This is going to be scary, especially for Baptist folk. You know what I'm saying? 1 Corinthians 12, 6. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Who energizes and activates the Holy Spirit? Okay. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but to all. The, already we know this power isn't for self-achievement but for the building of the kingdom and of others. For example, the Spirit gives one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation and knowledge. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power, power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it's the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. The Holy Spirit wants so badly to empower you and me. It's like these gifts, this power is available for you today. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God can be fulfilled in its fullness. But it's not for personal advancement but for the advancement of the kingdom of God here on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The story goes on in Mark chapter 9, verse 2, as we continue our series in the book of Mark. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up high mountains, the high mountain to be alone. And Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered, for he was transfigured before their very eyes. His clothing sparkled and became glistening white, whiter than any bleach in the world could make them. Then suddenly, right in front of them, Moses and Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. Can you imagine being the three disciples at that moment? Like, oh my God, this is so awesome. I don't know what to do. I'd, be, I'd probably wet my pants. In fact... Peter kind of wetted his pants. He, you know how Peter always put his foot in his mouth and spoke too soon instead of just experiencing the moment? You know what I'm saying? Peter blurted out, beautiful teacher, this is so amazing. That'd be me. This is so awesome to see the three of you together. Why don't we stay here? See, that's the first mistake. Sometimes we've experienced, like, we, we experience God in a new way and we go, I just want to stay here, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but that when we experience Jesus, when we were in his presence, it's not just for us to sit there and dwell in. It's for us to carry out 
Sometimes we build altars where altars should, shouldn't be. You with me? Well, if I could just go back to the day. No, 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 no. God has something new for you today. Why don't we stay here and set up three shelters? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For all the disciples were in total fear, and Peter didn't have a clue what to say. Makes sense. Do we ever? That's why I love the fact that it says that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. The groanings of the Spirit. When we don't know what to say, he is speaking on our behalf. Just then, a radiant cloud began to spread over them, enveloping them, them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my most dearly loved son. Always listen to him. Always obey him. Suddenly, when they looked around, the disciples saw that only Jesus, for Moses and Elijah, had faded away. As they hiked down the mountain together, Jesus ordered them, don't tell anyone of what, just, what you just witnessed. Wait until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And they're like, what? What is he talking about? What is he talking about? He says, as they hiked down the mountain together, Jesus ordered them, don't tell anyone of what, what you just witnessed. Wait until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, puzzled over what Jesus meant about raising from the dead. Then they asked him, why do the religious scholars insist that Elijah must, must come before the Messiah? And he answered them, they're right. Elijah must come first to put everything in order. And what, and what about all, all that is written about the Son of Man? It is true that he must endure many sufferings and be rejected. So Elijah has already appeared just as, as, it, as it was prophesied, and they did, did to him whatever they pleased. I'm going to pause here just a second. It's in this fact that Jesus is pointing them toward a prophet who would be like Elijah, which is talking about John the Baptist here. Because in the Old Testament, there's this prophecy that there would be one like Elijah come before Jesus to set up Christ, the Christ entering the world. But I want you to remember everything that we, said, we have said before. As we look at this story, this is one of my, I say this, I think I say this every week, this is one of my favorite stories. He's fine. He's good. Remember everything I look, this is one of my favorite stories. Mark 9, verse 14 says, Now when they came down the mountain to the other nine disciples, they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with the religious scholars arguing with them, because that's what religious people do. They want to argue all the time. The crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them, so they immediately ran to welcome him. What are you arguing about with these religious scholars, he asked them. A man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought brought him here to you, Jesus. Because anytime you get Jesus in the presence of darkness, darkness has to flee. But whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and his body becomes stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples hoping they could deliver him, but they were not strong enough. They were not strong enough. Now, remember, not too long ago, a couple of chapters ago, a couple of days ago, or maybe, maybe a couple of weeks ago, what did Jesus do? He sent his disciples out two by two. And what did they do while they were out? They walked in the power of the Holy Spirit that he, 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 he gave them. They, they, he, they healed the lame. They cast out demons. They called people to repentance, and it all happened. 
You remember? They came back all excited about, Jesus, let me tell you what happened on my trip. Let me tell you what happened on my trip. And then they fed a couple thousand people, you know? And they had, in that instant, they forgot what just happened. They, they forgot again. They forgot that just a couple days ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, they, they themselves were able to heal, and, and, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to call people to repentance. They participated in the ushering in of the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to Jesus' response to them. Jesus said to the crowd, and I would hate for Jesus to ever look me in the eyes and say this, why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. How long must I be with you is an interesting statement. Because here in just a little while, we haven't, I didn't put this in here, but in John, he actually tells his disciples, it's better for me to go away. It's better for me to go away that, so that you can be endowed with a power that comes from the Holy Spirit. I should leave so that the Father can send the other. So that the Father can send the other. How long must I be with you? It's just this interesting statement given that here in a little bit, Jesus is going to say that to them. But the question is this this morning. What if the reason we lack the power of the Holy Spirit is because of our unbelief? What if Jesus is looking at us right now going, how long must I put up with your unbelief? Like, what if he's saying that to me? But it goes on. In Mark 9, 20, it says, So they brought him to Jesus, talking about this boy. And as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, How long has your son been tormented like this? And the father said, Since childhood. It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or water. But please, if, you, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. I'm going to pause right here. We'll go back for a second. He says, but please, if you're able, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. And look at Jesus' response. And Jesus said to him, what do you mean, if? What do you mean, if? Like, how many times have you prayed and, got, and said, God, if you can do something about the situation that I'm in, will you please do it? What if we started praying the prayer, God, I know that you can do this. I'm believing for it. I'm believing that you're going to move in this situation. I'm going to believe that I'm going to have a child here soon. I'm going to believe that I'm going to get that promotion. I'm gonna, I believe my healing's coming. What if we stop, what if we stop saying if? But it said, Jesus said this to him, what do you mean if? If you're able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe for some of us, we need to pray this prayer of the father. And it's one that I started praying. It's one that I started praying a couple years ago. God, I believe in this power. A power that I was always taught was crazy. God, I believe. I'm going to believe it until, I, until it's proven otherwise. I believe it. So in the meantime, help my unbelief. Now I'm going to tell you. 
you got to be careful what you pray for. Because you just might get it. you got to be careful what you pray for. Because trust me, I've experienced some things in the last couple of years that I would have, if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said, man, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. But listen to what happens. Mark 9, 25 says, Now when Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commands the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Like right now, that darkness that's in your life, I can just hear Jesus speak over it right now, saying, it's over, it's done. You have no hold in this person's life anymore. Never enter him again. You are not welcomed in this, welcomed here. The demon shrieked and threw the boy into a terrible seizure and finally came out of him. And the boy lay there looking like a corpse. Everyone thought he was dead. It was like, well, great, Jesus just killed a man. But afterwards, but Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand and raised him to his feet. And he stood there completely set free. Like Jesus is into partial freedom. He's not into partial freedom. He wants to totally and completely set you free. He wants to manifest the power of the kingdom of God in your life in its fullness, not just halfway. Afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the, at the house, his disciples asked him in private, why couldn't we cast out the demon? It's a good question. Good question. And he answered them, this type of power, powerful spirit, can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. And here's the truth this morning. If you're seeking the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're seeking this power, start by fasting and praying. Seek the face of God. Seek Christ and the fullness of the manifestation of the kingdom of God because it's available to you. You want to see marriages restored? You want to see the power of that? Well, guess what? Fast and pray. You want healing in your life? Fast and pray. You want that shame and guilt? First of all, turn it over to Jesus. Second of all, fast and pray. Complete healing, completely being set free is available to you today. In the next section, Jesus prophesies about his death and resurrection and the disciples freak out. And the disciples start arguing about who was the greater in the kingdom. Like little two-year-old kids. Like, you just saw a demon cast out of a man. You're going to argue about who is greater? I think the answer to that is Jesus. Are you with me? Like, you guys are nothing in comparison. You with me? I don't care if you have a St. Peter by your name now or a St. John, whatever. No, like, Jesus is greater. But they're arguing about who is greater in the kingdom of God, and Jesus is like, bring over some, bring over some kids and set them on my lap. Like, this is the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God's all about. 
You want to be greater, become like a child. What does a child have? Great faith. Like, I, listen, Brittany left to take Hayden, you know, Hayden, to take Zane and Lyric to the mall yesterday to spend some gift cards that they had that was burning a hole in their wallets. And I'm at home with the, with, with the, the smalls. And Jax gets his hand, we have this little play thing downstairs, and he's holding, holding on to the side of it, and Hayden's gotten this thing where he likes to slam things, and Hayden just slams that door on Jax's hand, and Jax just lets out a big, Wah! I'm like, you mean I'm going to have what's going on? You mean I'm going to have to stop playing Madden 22? And Jax runs over to me, you kiss my hand, Daddy. Hayden heard it. Hayden's not being good to me. This is now the new thing. Like, when we're not getting on to him about something, he, he says, Thank you for talking good to me. <laughs> well, it's because you're doing good, boy. You know? But just the fact that he ran to me to kiss it, like he had faith that I could do something about it. You with me? The only difference is, right? Like, our Heavenly Father can. Our Heavenly Father can do something about it. It says that John spoke up after they're arguing about who can be greater. And John spoke up and said, Teacher, we noticed someone was using your name to cast out demons. So we tried to stop him but because he wasn't one of our group. That verse should be read over all denominations. You with me? We're, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. And Jesus said, don't stop him, Jesus replied. For the one who does miracles and the power of my name proves he is not my enemy. And whoever is not against us is for us. There's something about the name of Jesus that brings healing. When was the last time you just spoke the name of Jesus over your situation? And whoever is not against us is for us. Listen to this truth that I speak. Whoever gives you a cup of water because you carry the name of Christ will never lose his reward. If anyone abuses one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for him to have, have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. If your hand entices you to sin, let it go limp and useless. For it is better for you to enter into, the, into life maimed than to have your entire body thrown into hell, the place of unquenchable fire. And for those people who say, well, Jesus never talked about hell, saying this is where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out and if your foot leads you into sin cut it off for it is better to enter life crawling than to have both feet and be flung into hell again those people who say that Jesus never mentioned hell can we believe hell exists exhibit B this is where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out and if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. For it is better to enter into life with one eye than to be thrown into hell with two. Again, exhibit C. 
Jesus is talking about hell. This is where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. Everyone will pass through the fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is excellent for seasoning, but if salt becomes tasteless, how can its flavor ever be restored? Your lives, like salt, are to season and to preserve. So don't lose your flavor. They lit. So don't lose your flavor and preserve the peace in your union with one another. Don't lose your flavor. Don't lose the power that you have through the Holy Spirit. The thing that sets you apart from everyone else is that now as a believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the manifestation of the kingdom of God in its fullness inside of you. So let it work. Let it do its thing. That's why we can sing songs like Holy Spirit, come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open the gates and let heaven on in. Let the kingdom of God in. Let it flow. Well, Derek, what if, I don't, you know, I don't like really being uncomfortable. Who cares about comfort? You're going to live to be 63 to 70. It's not very long. Live it to its fullness. Live it. Be the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And watch what God can do through you. Because I believe in this room, miracles can happen. Healing can happen. Marriages can be restored. Addictions can be broken. And then we can carry that out to where we live, work, and play and watch God move in a mighty way. Where we see our friends and family members and those distance from God come to know Him because you are a witness to the power and the manifestation of the kingdom of God in your life. But how long must you deal with your unbelief when He's already promised you that you can have the kingdom in its fullness here on earth as it is in heaven? Dear God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. God, I pray as we walk out these doors here in just a moment that we, we will experience your presence in our hearts. As we walk out this door, may we feel the fire and the wind blow again in our lives. And we walk out these doors into this world, this crazy world. May we be a force for your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Because you are good. Thank you for the promise and the powering of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And we're begging and we're praying that the manifestation of those things flow from our mouths and flow from our fingertips and flow from our feet as we walk in your truth, as we walk as your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I pray all this in your name.